Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Word of God for our special study this morning is found in the Apostle Paul's letter to the Galatians, chapter 3, verses 23 to 29, as printed in your bulletin and already read. Dear children of the Heavenly Father, Joey was blessed to grow up not only with two parents who loved and disciplined him, but also with a grandmother who spent a lot of time with him and loved him as only grandmas can do. She understood that her daughter and son-in-law had responsibility for how Joey was to be raised, and she was careful not to interfere with their discipline, but she still found a way when they were together and he was inclined to make trouble to communicate clearly that there were standards in their family that Joey would want to live up to. So when she took seven-year-old Joey to the store on a hot summer day and he saw some other kids with popsicles and he began to whine about wanting one too, she told him, shh, just wait. We've got something better than that in the freezer at home. Another time when she was watching 11-year-old Joey at the park and noticed him join in with a group that was making fun of another child, she called him away and said, I'm disappointed in you, Joey. You're better than that. Years later, over a family dinner, when he was speaking very critically of some troublemaking students at his high school, she reminded him, Joey, just because our lives are better than that doesn't mean that we think we are better than anyone else. And one of Joey's last memories of his grandma was her watching the news in her room at the nursing home, hearing about some ill-conceived policy or practice of the government, and softly saying, almost with tears, that just shouldn't be. We're better than that. Oftentimes, Scripture distinguishes between two things simply in terms of right and wrong. That kind of black and white distinction, like that in last week's sermon text, has the advantage of, of clarity. Sometimes another approach is called for. In our short reading today from Galatians 3, the Holy Spirit inspires the Apostle Paul to take an approach more like Joey's grandma's approach. When he points to what should be left behind, he affirms that what belongs to believers now is better than that. Now, Paul wrote to the churches and Christians of Galatia because certain false teachings had begun to take root among them. These were particularly insidious doctrines because on the one hand, they appealed to that part of human nature that feels it needs to provide God some kind of merit in order to have his blessing. And on the other hand, they were apparently brought to the Galatians, these teachings, by men, perhaps from Judea and Jerusalem, who presented themselves as having the true teachings of Christ from the apostles themselves. So from the beginning of his letter, 
Paul states in no uncertain terms that these teachers and teachings are not in line with the gospel of Jesus. But Paul knows that the Galatians, who have been caught up with them, need more than just his judgment, right and wrong. They need instead, or in addition, to be shown, to be shown how what he taught them originally how the faith that saved them is both correct and superior to the errors that have enticed them. Now, the Judaizers, as these false teachers are usually called, maintained that faith in Jesus was not enough to be a good Christian and to gain God's favor. No, they taught, along with trust in Christ, you needed to follow the requirements of the law of Moses with its Sabbaths and festivals and dietary and lifestyle restrictions and circumcision. Apparently, those who were Jewish by birth made the best Christians. But Gentile believers could still get in on the blessings by essentially becoming Jews through obedience to the law. So Paul wants all believers to understand the real role and value of the law of Moses. It was never meant to be the be-all and end-all of getting right with God. Instead, it was a, a temporary gift from God to his people to keep them close to him until Christ came and to lead them where they needed to be when he came. Paul describes the law as a chaperone, referring to the slave that was assigned to escort a schoolboy to and from school to make sure he stayed out of trouble on the way and then got where he was supposed to go. Obviously, once the schoolboy grows up, he doesn't need the chaperone anymore. And the same is true of all the rules and regulations of the Old Testament law. Now that Christ has come and we have faith in him and what he has done for us, what we have is better than that. The way of the law, whether we're talking about what was given to Israel at Mount Sinai or other religions or, or more modern and more, more personal rules that people today count on, the way of the law is based on the idea that we have to work to make ourselves acceptable to God. Not only avoiding sin, but also making up for the sins that we do commit by doing greater and ever more works of obedience and devotion. The aim is to stand before the Lord and have Him ignore your guilt because of all the goodness that you offer to offset it. The aim then, the goal, is to be justified by your works. But the way of Christ and of faith in Him is the exact opposite. It does not ignore God's requirements that we live holy lives free from sin, but instead fully acknowledges our total failure to obey Him and live in line with our Creator's will. We confess our sin, our guilt, and our utter lack of merit before Him. 
but we find the perfection that we need in Jesus, God's Son. He came to our world and became one of us so that He could take our place and do for us what we could never do for ourselves. Obey the Father's will in every way and then offer Himself on the cross as the perfect sacrifice that paid the price for all our sins. The Son of God lived, suffered, died, and then rose again as our substitute. Not because we deserved it, but because it was the only way to save us. And in love, that is exactly what He wanted to do for us and what He gave His all to do. And though it cost Him everything, our way to salvation is simple and clear. Trust in Christ. The law led us to see our sins and our need for a Savior, but the Gospel, the good news of what He did for us, shows us that Savior that we needed, that we looked for, that we desperately desired, and now gives us God's promises of grace, mercy, and peace. So the chaperone that the Jews had is is no longer needed since Christ has come. What we have is infinitely better because it gives us what we need to be right with God and to enter His heaven. We are justified by faith. And that better way makes believers better too. Not not in any way that we take pride in or, or hold over other people, but simply in recognizing that what we have been given and what we have been made through faith in Christ is so far superior to what we had and were before and to what those without Christ sadly still have and are. Paul says something here that should knock our socks off every time we hear or read it, no matter how many times we have heard or read it before. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Think about that. We have been changed Changed from sinners bound to hell. Changed from people unworthy of God's attention, let alone blessing. Changed from being people who lived in hostility to Him and His will. Changed to God's own children. He has not just cleaned us up or fixed us up and said, okay, you're good now. Go go do a better job living on your own. No. He has brought us into His own family and made us His heirs. We are no longer strangers to Him, but are now His beloved, dear, valued, privileged children, all by faith in Jesus. 
And that new identity that we have in Christ is so, so, so much better than any other identity there is. What the Galatians had bought into was identity based on self-righteousness or identity that, that said being a Jew by physical descent from Abraham and Jacob made one better in God's eyes. But Paul makes clear that all that is worthless in comparison to what we have been made through faith. When we look at ourselves as Christians, we now do not see people proud of their own achievements or or confident in their ethnicity or class or color or family background. We're better than that. We see instead Jesus himself with all of his perfection and love because that has now been given to us and made our own. That is our new nature. As many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. Now, of course, it would be easy to just view these truths as, as theological facts to learn and, and, and file away. But these, these are truths that transform Better than that means that every time our old nature tries to convince us that what God really wants of us is obedience to some certain set of rules, that then we remember that the way of faith in Christ is both the only way to heaven and better in every respect than every other way, even, even when it means denying ourselves and taking up crosses of our own to follow Him. Better than that reminds us that when we see others giving in to sin, living ungodly lifestyles, and satisfying their baser instincts and desires, and we are tempted to join them, we remember that Christ has redeemed us not for sin, but for righteousness. And as members of God's family, we want to live up to His standards, not the world's. We are better than that. And this leads us to value evermore, every day, the faith that we have been given, the word that we have heard and read, and, and the baptism that, that not only saved us, but made us God's children. Because in and through and by Christ, these things have changed us eternally for the better, for the best. And this leads us to, to seek out and cherish the means of grace that connect us more and more to Jesus and that feed and strengthen our faith in Him. We, we study our Bibles. We, we join in worship. We, we partake of His supper. All the things that the Holy Spirit has promised to work through to bring us closer to Him. Better than that, also pushes out fear in us, that fear that, that we don't measure up to other people because we know that God valued each of us enough to send His own Son to save us. It, it gives us confidence that our lives and our service to Him and to our neighbor matter. It motivates us every day 
to do better because we know what the Lord has made us, made us to be, made us to do. And better than that, unites believers too. All of those tribal distinctions that that human nature holds on to in, in order to set our people above other people, they're all washed away in the blood of Jesus. Everyone who has been baptized and clothed with Christ has the same status before God. There is not Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one and the same in Christ Jesus. This does not mean that that there are no distinctions among Christians in, in roles or in service, or that all our identities have been somehow merged into one. But it means that in the church, we, we rejoice to ignore whether someone is blue-blooded, black, brown, or beige. Whether someone comes from money or from poverty. Whether someone cleans toilets for a living or commands thousands. Whether someone speaks like a PhD or speaks with a lisp or an accent or not at all. We value each other all the same, because God values us all the same, infinitely, purchased with the precious blood of His Son. We are all one and the same in Christ Jesus. Which means that we are better than that also when it comes to how we view those outside the church. That person is not more or less worthy of our mission efforts, of our witnessing, of our prayers for his or her salvation than that other person because of where he is from or or what she does for a living. Like our Lord himself, we want them all. We want them all for the kingdom of God. We want them all to be saved by the blood of Jesus and to join us in the one eternal, joyful fellowship of peace and love that is the church of Christ. We do not hold ourselves over them in pride because we already have what they do not. But in humility and love, we hold out to them the greatest gift there is. The gospel. The good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. They, outside the church, are lost sinners as we once were, and we want them to be better than that. To join us as Abraham's true descendants who believe just as he did and who are saved and justified just as he was. They and we, through faith, will get all that God has promised to his people. And he gets all the credit. Alleluia. Amen. Please rise. Now to him who is able, according to the power that is at work within us, to do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all all generations, forever and ever. Amen.